1: Hello, and welcome to the show.
2: This is Dr. Marianne Chase, and I am so glad that you can join me. Today, I have a very special guest. Her name is Suzanne Arms, but before we get to that, I'd like to say that you can connect with me on my website, thehealingwhisper.com. You can also find me on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, YouTube and occasional meerkat streams and I also would like to say that this show today is for educational and informational purposes only it is not intended to treat diagnose heal or cure anything Everything contained in the show is strictly the opinion of myself, Dr. Mary Ann Chase, and my guest, Suzanne Arms. Please always check with a licensed healthcare provider about any concerns you may have. Well, Suzanne Arms, since 1973, has been an outspoken visionary, multi-book author, photojournalist, inspired teacher, and public speaker. She is a wise, passionate, and compassionate individual. She synthesizes earth-based wisdom and modern science on how best to bring humans into the world and to care for the mother-baby bond so that everyone benefits and the families can thrive. Suzanne tells the truth and it does it with Great Clarity and Compassion, says Christine Northrup, who is an MD, ob and author of Women's Bodies, Women's Wisdom. And just as a quote from Suzanne, when childbearing women are informed, supported, and empowered, their rights protected, and when biological processes are honored, children starting in the womb, can thrive. Welcome, Suzanne. Thank you for joining me.
3: Oh, it's great to be here, Marianne. Thank you.
2: And my audience may be asking the question, what does childbirth have to do with healing and peace? And uh, I know that would be a question that might be in my mind had I not had heard you as well as had a conversation with you previously about how the children that we are bringing into the world today are already traumatized. And if these children aren't in peace, how can they and the mother that has borne them how can they get into peace, and how can they physically heal? So okay. let's just head right straight into that question. Why okay, we'll are do, babies let me being more the traumatized? Audience, the
3: listening audience, a little bit about me first. Um, I started researching childbirth practices around the world in 1973 after I had my daughter after I got really interested in the subject of why has it become such a medical thing, and um, I spent a lot of time in the basement of Stanford University Library and the University of California Med School Library at times, in times when no layperson was allowed in medical school libraries. So I was uncovering things that lay people just didn't know. And then I began to travel to various places around the world on my very limited income as a single mother and, in fact, on welfare at that time. And um, what I discovered was that what is going on in modern birth practices is completely unfounded in terms of scientific evidence or what we now call evidence-based practice. Mm -hmm. And it is shaped to a large degree, by habit, of physicians who are as frightened of birth as they have made the public be. Now, this isn't to say that birth doesn't create problems sometimes. Whenever you have a woman who is not healthy, and a society or a culture and community that does not protect and support her and the incoming baby, she is much more likely to have serious complications. So, I am, like most people, a consumer, (laughs) Um, and I was shocked to discover what I discovered. I thought everybody would be interested in the information, and the result was the book called Immaculate Deception that was named the best book of the year by the New York Times in 1975, in which I completely rewrote in one thousand nine hundred and ninety four and then added to in one thousand nine hundred and ninety seven because new information had come to light about environmental toxins and birth as an environmental issue, but it shocked me that medical people weren 't interested in the information that I put forth and didn 't want didn 't want it to get to the public who was basically very frightened about birth and still is so yes. I think the first thing I should say is that in the last 20 years, we have come up with an entirely new subdivision of cell biology called epigenetics. That means what goes above and beyond genetic predispositions. Our genes are just a blueprint. They're like a blueprint for a house, and what the final house looks like has as much to do with the builder and the resources the builder has and changes that happen to that house as the house is being built as the genes themselves. We are not genetically determined. There is a lot of predisposition genetically, and there are certain things that are determined, but only a small number of them, like the color of your eyes, that has to do with very clear-cut Facts of genetics, but whether or not you have a child who gets, who becomes schizophrenic, whether or not any kind of emotional illness, mental illness manifests in that child is largely a combination, it is a combination of genetic predisposition, whether that tendency runs in your family, and whether there have been environmental influences in the womb and afterwards, but Preconception as well as the egg and the sperm are preparing themselves for the possibility of meeting up and creating a baby weeks before the actual conception. And, and what those changes do to genes as to whether that, simply put, turns them on or turns them off. So you can have a gene for bipolar, which runs in my family, and it might run down through the generations and never show up for four generations. And then the kind of environmental influences that happen before and in the womb and at birth and in the first year afterwards occur that are shocking, traumatic, and it gets turned on in that child. And that child then exhibits bipolar. Does
2: that make sense? Right. Oh, it makes want absolute sense. I say that sense. first. Does it, that make it, sense, Mary Ann? It does. Okay. So it, how it does, does make affect, a great deal of sense. and How does this affect healing,
3: and how does it affect peace at the level of families, whether we have aggressive children, whether we have kids who are always stri- striving to be dominant or cooperative and playful and curious, and whether we have peace in the world at a very core level. And I want everybody to understand this. We have been shaping the world by trauma that has not been healed, unhealed trauma of a variety of kinds for more than 5,000 years. Now there are a number of kinds of traumas. Birth trauma is one. Intergenerational trauma you know, the people who beat their children and because that's the, what was done to them and they were told that they had to beat the devil out of the child or they just, in whatever way, were completely dysfunctional. Maybe it was intergenerational serious addictions and mothers left alone with no support and they took their anger out on their kids. Intergenerational trauma is another kind, familial trauma. Another right. is historical trauma, the kind of trauma that happens when there's famine, when there's holocausts, when all kinds of things occur. And there's hardly anybody on this planet alive today who isn't touched by one of those. earth trauma, intergenerational or familial trauma, and historical trauma. Now, the historical trauma can be racial. It can be religious. So I come from trauma on two sides. My great-great-grandfather... Actually, my grandfather was born um, in Ireland, or to a family that was Irish, and suffered the potato famine of the 1850s and 60s. On my mother's side, and she was a Russian Jew, she suffered. She came over from a family, a large family of Jews in the Ukraine, who were deeply shaped by the pogroms. And those were the horrible things that happened to Jews when the Cossacks would ride through the villages and rape and pillage and burn the houses and steal anything that was of value in Jewish families. So I have historical trauma in two, both sides of my lineage, and I want people to start questioning what their lineage is, because it's it is not just fascinating, but it's the road to empowerment and to healing.
2: So... Right. Quickly Well, put, it, the, we the, are the interesting
3: the thing genetically interesting. by the influences that happen to the woman and to the man just prior to conception as the egg and, and the sperm are coming into their final shape, let's say, what they will be like as to whether the baby is going to grow a, a larger hindbrain for defense or a larger prefrontal cortex for thoughtful reflection.
2: Okay. Well, Susan, let's, uh, let's talk about that after the break. In, in a, a few seconds, we will get to come to that break. And it, it's fascinating information to look at where we come from. But let's really look at how these pogroms and other emotional traumas will shape the brain folks don't go away
4: your life your health your network you're listening to voice america health and wellness
1: are you feeling stuck sometimes we just need a little help from a friend Go beyond ordinary healing and experience the extraordinary healing journey possible with Custom Healing Code Coaching with Dr. Marianne Chase. Visit TheHealingWhisper.com. Dr. Chase's coaching sessions can be conducted via Skype or by telephone. If you have half an hour to devote to getting yourself out of that rut, Dr. Marianne is ready to be that friend. Visit TheHealingWhisper.com and click Coaching.
0: Running is one of the fastest growing sports, with everyday people stepping it up and training for that next big race goal. The In-Flight Running Show with Coach Michael Merlino is your guide to running, whether you're just getting started or training for the Boston Marathon. By paying attention to and following the tips offered by Michael and his guests, you'll be able to take your running to new heights and reach your next finish line with confidence. Tune in every Friday at noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific Time on Voice America Health and Wellness. We're on the cutting edge of social media. Can you keep up? Opinions,
4: options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness.
1: You are listening to The Healing Whisper, a return to peace. If you would like to comment or have a question about our show today, please call in to 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. If you'd rather send an email, our email address is thehealingwhisper at MindSpring.com. Now back to the show. Welcome back to the show. Today, my guest
2: is Suzanne Arms, and we are talking about our children and birthing the future of our children. Just before the break, Suzanne was speaking about how the emotional condition of the parents can actually lead to the emotional condition of the child by shaping the brain. So tell us more about that, Suzanne. Okay, well the first thing is that emotions are just
3: one piece of the puzzle and the piece that people tend not to think about, how much stress the mother has just before conception, the father has just before conception, the biological father, even if he is not going to be the father because, let's say, it's a a lesbian couple. Um, And then there's also the ones that we know about, which are environmental toxins that we're unearthing more and more of because, of course, we have some 300,000 man-made chemicals, most of which have never been studied to see if they are safe for the developing brain. And in a conscious society, we would not allow any products to be created that hadn't already been proven scientifically that their ingredients that the chemicals that made them up were safe for the developing baby's brain. So there's toxins, things like alcohol, things like smoking that are very clear. You know, every time a woman takes a puff on a cigarette inhales that smoke the baby starts to go into shock and trauma because it loses oxygen from her, from the mother, and it is frightened. So um, I want to say that there are many influences, and the good news is that understanding these influences, even if they've already happened to us or our children, is the way to healing. So let me, let me go back and start very clearly an understanding of how cells work and how we develop our brain. Cells are very binary, and people who are fascinated by computers know what binary is, but for people like me who didn't, (laughs) binary means they're either on or off. So if you have the switch for bipolar, which I mentioned runs through my family, and which, by the way, I suffer from, um, it either is turned on or turned off. Too much stress at the start of life too intense stress, too often, is what turns the switch for a potential gene, on or a gene that could be potentiated on or off. Once it's turned on, just like cortisol, which is the stress hormone, it's very difficult to turn it off. It can be turned off. It can be modulated, and there's all kinds of healing that we can do, and the brain can repair itself. But the earlier the stress, the more frequently the stress happens and the duration of the stress affect whether or not a child's cells all the way up to the neurons and the firing of the brain are going to be along the lines of fear and defense or trust and full growth. And I want to say this twice. When a cell and a brain develop along the lines of trauma, too much stress, it doesn't grow fully it grows in a state of defense so this is why we have in many families children who are very aggressive they come from too much stress too much cortisol too much adrenaline so this happens at the cellular level and it happens in every cell of our body people will say well I don't know whether I had stress and I'll say but your body does Because everything is recorded in the cells of your body and in the energy system around the body, which is the mind and the field of energy. Because we know that science has proven that the brain is not everything, that the mind exists in every cell of the body and around the body. It's a field of energy. It's bigger than the brain. But the brain is very important. So... Where should we go from here, Marianne? I hope I've given people enough of a sense of science that they understand that human beings develop along the line of fear and defense, which is the way we've been developing humanity for at least 5,000 years of patriarchy, or trust and full development, which implies cooperation, the ability for compassion, and so on.
2: Well, where we go from here is that the understanding that the brain is so important and that all of these memories of the past traumas and even the current traumas are in every cell of the body. And that's right. that's, that's really how I have Spoken on this show for many, many, many shows about cellular memory and how it affects us and our personal peace. That's right. So when you come to heal trauma,
3: whether you're working forward or backward or whether you're the only one in the family that decides you want to heal the family, and you can heal backwards, the family historical trauma, intergenerational trauma, uh, generations of birth trauma, When you come to do this, um, it's important to understand that it's in the body. You can start with spiritual dimension. You can start with the cognitive intellectual dimension. You can start with the emotions, and you can start with the physical. But one way or another, you're going to have to get back to the physical because it's always in our body. So when people say, well, I don't have memories of my birth, I'm adopted, I'll say, yes, you do. It's in your body. And sometimes people can access this through things like first thing in the morning or last thing at night, um, doing automatic writing, just writing with the non-dominant hand. I'm left-handed, so I'd write with my right hand. And start with some fragment of a sentence like, what I know about my birth is, and just see what comes out. And keep writing and don't stop the pen moving on the paper. Um, and it will be the unconscious that is bringing things up at other times it will be through dreams, and at other times it will simply be through symptoms. People start with things like rheumatoid arthritis, they get cancer they, and i 'm not saying that everything is from our unconscious is from what 's stored in the body there 's a lot of environmental toxins that play a role in people today, and we have many environmental and chemical toxins in the birth process in hospitals. Um, But I want people to understand that the process of uncovering what is going on in us doesn't have to be a picking at a a scab or a wound. In fact, that's probably not the best way to do it. It's paying (laughs) attention to what is going on in our lives, to symptoms that are coming up physically, to feelings that are coming up, Two, what happens when you watch a film that has a birth in it? Do you stop breathing? Do you suddenly go into a gag reflex? <laughs> or do you start numbing out and get very sleepy? Well, that has to do with your own birth. Probably it has to do with whether or not the cord was too tight around your neck, whether there might be a knot in the cord, whether the, or whether your mother took drugs in labor, epidural, sedatives, narcotics, and you suddenly start to zone out. If we're mindful of our daily life, we have so many hints and keys to unlock the mystery of what makes us who we are and how can we become the people that our soul intended us to be and that our spirit embodied into a body so that we could give our gift to the world. And Indigenous people, like my friend from Burkina Faso in West Africa, um, one of the poorest countries in the earth, they are very wise about some pieces that we have lost touch with as modern people. And one of the pieces is that every human being in the tribal life of Burkina Fasans, every human being comes in bearing a gift. And that gift is the responsibility of the entire community, in their case a tribe, to manifest in that child by giving that child what it needs, by making sure the mother has what it needs, by making sure that the father is really involved and so on. And it's believed that every gift that a child brings is unique to the survival and thriving of that tribe. Just imagine that we believed that every child, no matter what race, what economic background, what education, Vacation its parents had, whether the mother was a 15 year old rape victim or a drug addict or a 39 year old businesswoman who is completely cut off from her emotions, every child to a woman who comes into that woman comes bearing a gift, and that gift is essential to the well being of this entire society. Imagine we believed that.
2: We well, would have
3: that, social policies absolutely. that reflected it.
2: And, and, that uh, loss of the tribe, loss of the community is fairly essential to um a lot of the birth trauma. And Correct. to to really understand this, it does help to know about your individual birth. But That's right. what and if, it
3: does help to understand that there we go back through the generations and we carry the memory of the generations in our bodies, in ourselves. We know now at cellular level, at cellular biology, that we contain, that the baby we carry contains the cells of its grandmother. It's not just a metaphor that kids are often close to their grandmothers. They contain a piece of their grandmother. So the practices that we engage in, whether it has to do with conceiving a baby consciously and intentionally and doing everything we can to get the stresses out of our lives and the toxins out of our food and environment and clean up our house environment so that we're not having things that are outgassing chemicals from our our rugs and our, you know. Anyway, you can become obsessed (laughs) with this level of toxicity, but human beings have very toxic lives in modern society. But you we can start there. And or whether we're talking about lowering the stress of the woman in pregnancy, which is so critical, because she's shaping this baby's brain through the chemicals and the hormones that flow from her to the baby through the placenta and the umbilical cord. Everybody ought to be concerned about the well-being of every pregnant woman. Right And now we and know the You know, of the Suzanne, we also need shapes to that baby's ability to handle stress.
2: Suzanne, we need to get on to a break here. And so when we come back, let's talk about that stress thing shaping the pregnant woman's infant. Don't go away, folks.
4: Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness.
1: Are you feeling stuck? Sometimes we just need a little help from a friend. Go beyond ordinary healing and experience the extraordinary healing journey possible with custom healing code coaching with Dr. Marianne Chase. Visit thehealingwhisper.com. Dr. Chase's coaching sessions can be conducted via Skype or by telephone. If you have half an hour to devote to getting yourself out of that rut, Dr. Marianne is ready to be that friend. Visit healingwhisper.com and click Coaching.
5: Every day, you hear so much about different aspects of the health and wellness field. One day, you hear one thing, and the next day, you hear something that contradicts what you heard the day before. How do you know what's right? Try tuning in to The Cutting Edge of Health and Wellness today with Dr. Neil Nathan. Our goal is to educate and explore this field with guest experts in order to help you take control of your health and well-being. Listen Fridays at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Health & Wellness. How is your health? Do you want to know more about it? Every day there are new technologies, procedures, and healing techniques coming forward. To understand them, tune in to Speaking of Health with Dr. Michael Kudlis. Our guests come from different backgrounds in the fields of health and healing. We'll discuss new realities and modalities, from chiropractic to metagenics. It's all designed to improve your quality of life. Speaking of Health is heard live every Friday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel.
4: Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness.
1: You are listening to The Healing Whisper: a return to peace. Welcome back to the show.
2: This is Dr. Marianne Chase, and today I have a guest, Suzanne Arms, and we are talking about the healing of the traumas from not only birth, but the traumas of pregnancy and the traumas of our ancestral, which leads us to what can a person do to find out about their ancestry and if if there is any trauma in there that is affecting them today. What have you found, Suzanne?
3: Well, I I mentioned for those who came in late that I come from a family that has trauma of a variety of kinds. One is historical trauma, the pogroms in Russia against the Jews, the horrible rape and pillage and burning of the homes and so on in the 1800s by the Cossacks in the Ukraine. And then another kind of historical trauma, the Irish potato famine when people were starving in the 1850s. That's my other ancestry. But in addition, there's the historical trauma of uh, alcoholism, of, in my case, mental illness, bipolar in my case, in some families it's schizophrenia and some it's um something else, but mental illness is something that gets genetically passed down as a predisposition that can get turned on or turned off depending on the environment that that particular child has in the womb, which makes the womb life so important. So what people can do if they're curious about this and wanting to know what are the influences that are shaping their lives that they haven't been able to come to grips with, and the what are the patterns in their lives that are still unhealthy that they haven't been able to come to grips with, even with all the healing work they've done, whether it's psychotherapy or yoga or meditation or great diet or exercise, all of it, if things are still dogging you, it's likely that they're happening at a deeper level that aren't just this generation. So it's really good to just do enough research to get a sense of where do you come from? And if you are in some way cut off from that knowledge intellectually because you were adopted, because all your relatives are dead, or for whatever reason, it's in yourself. And you can go by hunches and intuition and gut feelings, and you can test them out and see if, exploring that yields any benefit. So I always think it's really important to know as much of the pieces of our puzzle as we can, even if, even if the pieces that have been missing are not pleasant pieces. If the piece is that your father um, raped your mother when he was drunk one night and that resulted in your conception, it's still your puzzle. And it gives you the knowledge that you need to be able to heal Whatever came from the fact that you were a forcible conception. Or in my husband's case, in my sister's case, an unwanted conception. Not because mother was a bad person, but the circumstances of her life, or the circumstances of the father's life, were such that it was a terrible time to bring a baby in. Maybe a war going on, and there was so much anxiety, maybe a depression. The Depression of 1928, maybe, 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 whatever. So probably the most important factor shaping a human being, by the way, is where they wanted. Where they wanted when they were conceived, where they wanted in the womb. Sometimes a conception isn't wanted, but the parents come to terms with it and within weeks or a couple of months, they discover they do want this baby, and they shift. And all kinds of things shift inside the mother's hormone system and the baby is wanted. And maybe there's a great natural birth and full breastfeeding and lots of skin to skin afterwards. And the fact that that baby wasn't initially wanted isn't the shaping factor anymore. Or maybe, as in the case of my husband, his mother had a weak heart. She was not expected to live a long time. She shouldn't have gotten pregnant. And abortion was illegal, and birth control was not good and difficult to get, and not reliable. And so she carried a baby she didn't want, probably attempting, at least emotionally wanting this baby to abort. And uh, in my case, my mother did attempt an abortion. And it was illegal, and the doctor pulled a gun on my mother. Because he was afraid it was the second abortion, that she was a plant from the government. So when people say they're anti-abortion, I always say, whoa, do you know what you're really saying? Um, I am very pro-life, and I am very pro-choice. But anyway, I want to go back to finding your ancestral roots. It's really valuable to know as much as you can, and if you can't find it directly, the pieces of your puzzle are stored in your body. And you can do it through art therapy, you can do it through automatic writing. You can in many ways find out in nature, you can do it through prayer, you can do it through movement, through dance, through yoga. Suddenly a memory will come
2: right, so where shall we go from here Marianne? Because well it's uh, a it, fascinating it, field birth yes, it is, and uh let's let's talk a little bit about the trauma that is currently experienced by the pregnant woman. I just recently read an article. It was actually published in 2013 uh, by Rachel Yehuda and others. And she wrote this article about the post-9-11 infants. There were about 7,000 women that were pregnant when the 9-11, the towers came down and they survived. The... Trauma of that coming, uh, that PTSD that they developed, has right. in turn affected the infant. And earlier in the show, you talked about developing the hind brain more than the frontal brain.
3: Right. And, and the, brain, the hind brain is the reptilian or ancient brain. It's absolutely critical, not just because it's our survival oriented brain, but because it's supposed to be very stable and it's built on that brain is the emotional brain, like a pyramid, and then higher at the top of the pyramid is the neocortex, and the very pinnacle of the neocortex is the little cherry on the top, which is the prefrontal lobes located between the eyes and in the forehead that are the most exquisite part of the brain. But if you don't have a solid ancient brain, and that brain is developed in the womb, that segment of the brain, and you've had a lot of trauma in the womb your mom has PTSD from 9-11. Your husband is in, you know, your, your dad is in Iraq, and she's worried every day about whether he will survive, or um, you had lots of family killed in the Holocaust, or you come from Native American tradition where there was attempt to wipe out the entire indigenous culture in this country. Um, this affects the brain, and it affects how we respond to stress and it affects whether or not we come from a feeling of core optimism or core fear and anxiety. And this is critical. This is really critical because we have been designing human beings who are anxious, defensive, aggressive, and depressed for at least 5,000 years. But it's not the way human beings are meant to be designed. We can in one generation create human beings who come from trust and a sense of cooperation and enthusiasm and optimism, even if they've had challenges at the beginning of life or at birth or in the womb, because healing is possible, because there's so much out there now about how to heal PTSD, how to heal trauma. So it's, it's as much good news as um, worrisome news. But unless we understand that we have been designing a violent homo sapien And we have to change or the planet's not going to survive. We're not going to get through these next 50, 100 years. It's, You know, it's up to each of us to do what we can in our own lives, especially if we have the luxury of having a little time to explore what's going on in our family history, what's going on in terms of the traumas that have shaped our family that have never been healed. So does and, that make sense? And I'm not putting the burden on people who have the least in our society. I'm saying those of us who are fortunate to have a little time to listen to a radio show, to, have a well, little time, and to that's, go to a yoga class
2: and so yeah, on. Yeah, thank you. And, and, and so, but what is so critical here is that we have the lowered response to stress. And in lowering our ability to respond to stress, that's where we are getting sicker and sicker.
3: That's right. And And in addition, there's another critical piece. We've lowered the response to stress because many fathers in the sperm that they're creating just before the conception, that sperm is being shaped, are under enormous stress. Or maybe they're alcoholics. Or maybe they're addicted to work. But that gets passed on to the baby. This is brand-new research and affects how much that baby can tolerate stress. Now, here's a piece I think everyone will want to know. It's the vulnerable male syndrome. It hasn't been named a syndrome, but I call it a syndrome, even though it's actually pervasive, so pervasive it, it affects all men. Boys are genetically weaker than girls, and they're weaker and more susceptible to stress and more susceptible to PTSD and trauma and more affected by it than girls because girls are by nature, whether you want to call it nature or God, they are designed to keep the race going. They have a built-in survivability and they have a built-in resilience that boys don't have. This is why far more baby boys are conceived than girls. This is why in the womb, far more baby boys die. This is why in the intensive care nursery, far more baby boys are put in the nursery in the first place and don't make it out, born prematurely. And when you have a boy, and his mother has had an unnecessary cesarean, or any cesarean, when, when she's been under great stress in pregnancy, and she's been under great stress in labor, and the society has not supported her in having the best possible birth, which is the most physiologically natural, normal birth, and then she's separated from the baby afterward for any reason whatsoever, and the baby's not skin-to-skin on her, and there's not breastfeeding, that boy is going to be affected much more than the girl. Well, it's the boys we create as warriors. And we are a warrior society. Just look at our gun control policies in this country. Just look at the violence. It's not just the U.S., but the U.S. is particularly warlike. So how come we're creating boys like this? Because we're attempting, in so many ways, to toughen them up. And this includes circumcising their penis, which is a huge shock and trauma to a boy. So, what we do, in the name of making our men stronger and our boys stronger, is we give them less breastfeeding, we pick them up less frequently when they cry, we sleep with them less frequently, we send them off to daycare earlier, and... We have all our friends and family saying, are you going to coddle that boy? He's just going to grow up to be a sissy. Even the word sissy shows how in a patriarchal world, we look down on the feminine. We do everything to suppress the feminine. Even though women are rising in the world today, this hatred of the feminine is bred in men by cutting off men as boys from their most tender, vulnerable selves by shaming and by stress. Too much stress, too early, too soon, too often. Baby boys need to be breastfed longer. They need to be held longer. They need to be in more skin-to-skin that's direct, naked contact with the father or mother's chest. Every baby benefits from skin-to-skin contact after birth. But the ones who get the most benefit are the ones who are the least resilient by nature. That's the ones born too soon, too small, and boys, all of them. So I'll I'll give your audience a tip right now.
2: Well, let's give me the tip real quick, Suzanne? Uh, go ahead and give give us this tip real quick. Then we okay, have really quick. You
3: have a baby that's had a difficult beginning, that was not conceived under great circumstances. Mom had a lot of stress. Dad disappeared. Who knows? And the best thing you can do, even if that baby's had a traumatic birth, is skin-to-skin immediately afterwards for three to six hours a day, for three to six months, it grows the gut. It grows the baby's ability to handle stress it shifts the hormones in the gut that affect the brain because the gut brain connection is so strong in terms of not just immune system but in terms of our thinking processes. And it re it re it grows and it heals babies who have stress. So skin to skin is as important as breastfeeding, is as important as natural birth, is as important as low stress pregnancies and conscious conception, but since we often can't get those things right, we can at least do skin-to-skin, we can at least do craniosacral and homeopathic for lowering the stress if a baby comes through with stress and a mom, we can at least do gentle chiropractic, we can at least do all of the things that will heal a traumatized brain and gut and immune system. So the good news is, we've been creating all kinds of healing processes and modalities in the world, um, not just ancient ones, but there's a lot of new ones now, and it's right. very exciting. So I want people to come away from this show feeling extremely excited to find out what's really going on in their lives and with their children and with their grandparents and in their ancestry and. To know that healing is always possible and that we could grow a different kind of human being, a Homo sapien who could really protect this environment. And we could do it in the one generation. Just
2: give well, me one generation. bit that is just wonderful. That's just of a Suzanne, when we come back from the break, let's talk about healing not only this one generation, but our past generations. So... Folks, don't go away.
4: Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness.
1: Are you feeling stuck? Sometimes we just need a little help from a friend. Go beyond ordinary healing and experience the extraordinary healing journey possible with Custom Healing Code Coaching with Dr. Marianne Chase. Visit thehealingwhisper.com. Dr. Chase's coaching sessions can be conducted via Skype or by telephone. If you have half an hour to devote to getting yourself out of that rut, Dr. Marianne is ready to be that friend. Visit thehealingwhisper.com and click coaching.
4: Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness.
1: You are listening to The Healing Whisper, A Return to Peace. If you would like to comment or have a question about our show today, please call in to 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. If you'd rather send an email, our email address is thehealingwhisper at mindspring.com. Now back to the show.
2: Welcome back to the show. This is Dr. Marianne Chase and my special guest, Suzanne Arms. We have been talking about trauma related to birth and healing ourselves, not only because of our birth traumas and our traumas that were inflicted on us during the pregnancy of our mothers, but of the traumas from our ancestry. And thing that has been so exciting is that we can heal. We can go through all sorts of different modalities to heal this trauma. So, Suzanne, tell us about your website, Birthing the Future. Okay.
3: I have a nonprofit called Birthing the Future, and it's birthingthefuture.org. And I am also part of an organization that's a grassroots coalition to transform the whole primal continuum from preconception to age one, the primal continuum of human development called Birthkeeper. So perhaps people will want to write those two words, those two things down. Birth Keeper, they can find it on um, Google, they can find it on Facebook, and we put on big events, and Birthing the Future creates films and bookmarks and postcards and cards and small events to inspire, to share a lot of scientific wisdom, human intuition, and knowledge about what ancient people knew that is Proven to be accurate. So um, I would encourage people to think about the fact that they were all born first. We were all (laughs) born. Birth is not meant to be traumatic, but because of the circumstances of many people's lives and the toxic influences of many people's lives historically and in our current generation, um, birth is very much a problem for many people, and one of the biggest things is fear. So what I work to do is to strip away the societal fear that has been laid on women and men about having a baby, about birthing, about labor, and to get back to the natural physiological process and to teach people that no matter how they were born and what patterns of birth occurred in their family or what historical patterns of trauma or how many environmental toxins they were exposed to, most things can be ameliorated that's made better or healed. So that's my purpose in Birthing the Future. That's my purpose in the seven books I've written on birth and pregnancy and breastfeeding and on adoption. And um, it's an exciting arena whether or not your audience um, member has any desire to have a baby or is long past childbearing because it's still shaping our lives, how we came into the world, and whatever... Possible traumas there were in the past in our field of energy and our ancestors, and so much of it can be healed. So I also want to get people to write down something called constellation work, which is a form of healing that has came up from Germany uh, via Africa that has to do with healing family of origin trauma and historical trauma in the lineage, and it's done in a very beautiful way, and it's non. Um, it's not highly emotional, but it's really, it's really gentle. And it's just one of the examples. Uh, it's Hellinger work, H-E-L-L-I-N-G-E-R, Hellinger work of constellations, family constellations. It's just one of the examples, like craniosacral work, that's newer, but that has its roots in ancient peoples and what people understood about the human body, spirit, and soul.
2: Well, that's just wonderful to let people know that even though you may be way past childbearing age or not even interested in having children, that by healing yourself, by healing your constellation, you can also heal the future generations. That's right. And you can heal backwards. And I say
3: it just takes one person in a family to decide to take the journey of exploration of who they are and of the influences that have shaped them and their family and their siblings and their grandparents as well as their children to break cycles of dysfunction, to break cycles of abuse and neglect, and to break cycles of trauma. Because really we are designed for healing. We are designed for spontaneous healing. The body knows how to heal. Sometimes it gets stuck like a piece of driftwood and a river gets caught at the edge and all kinds of debris get trapped at the edge of the shore and it creates a little eddy or a whirlpool swirling around and instead of the river flowing freely, it uh, is blocked. And sometimes it's just one small piece that it takes to free up the current of the river so that it flows fully, but rivers are meant to be self-cleaning the body is meant to be self-cleaning It took me a long time to realize that because I come from a background of a lot of trauma, birth right. trauma, uh, sexual abuse from my father, my father have been been part as a Jew of. World War II and opening the concentration camps. My, I mean, all of this. Right. And, and that's just so typical of so many people's past. So for me to understand that the body is a self-healing organism, but that there are things we can do to trigger the healing response and to get it started was really hopeful. And then the well, other thing Suzanne, is I had the intention. I had Suzanne, the journey, it has
2: come time for the for end of the show. Family. And that's Suzanne, where it, Suzanne, I hate to interrupt you. I I know this is such passionate work for you, but it has come time for the end of the show. And what is so important for people to realize is that they can heal, and they can heal themselves, their future, and their past. I would like to leave the show with this little quote from a very wise king. Thousands of years ago, King Solomon said, Above all else, Guard your heart, your spiritual heart, for everything you do flows from it. And until next week, folks, blessings.
1: Thank you for having me. Thank you again for taking the advice of your heart and tuning in to The Healing Whisper, A Return to Peace. Please join your host, Dr. Marianne Chase, again next Friday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. We hope to talk to you again next week.